Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. And I am Andrew. And I am Kelly. And I am Andrew. And I am Andrew. You know what? We've been through this before. And when you're calling yourself Andrew, even for a gag, Kelly, I get imposter syndrome. And not like the regular one, like the one where I think you're me and I'm talking to myself. And that's really confusing, Kelly. I mean, Andrew. That was my intention. I just want to keep you on your toes. I'm on my toes. Like, I'm I'm wide awake. I mean, I just woke up, but I'm <laughs> wide awake. My toes are thoroughly on top. Yeah. They're, they're even a little, they're kind of chilly. My toes are a little chilly. You've got cold feet? Not like because I'm getting married. I got cold <laughs> feet because I'm recording in a closet with no heat. Oh, my God. You're getting married? And, wait, did I say I was? No, it's just the way you said it. It kind of sounded like. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I don't have cold feet because I'm getting married. I have cold feet because of this. It's like, oh, it was it almost seemed like the conclusion that we draw from that was that you your impending nu- nuptials. No, my nuptials are not happening. I'm just cold because I have to turn off the heat because it's really loud in this closet. And then it gets cold because it's winter and I have very thin walls. I'm sorry. Since I put soundproofing in, it gets cold a lot slower. So I think the soundproofing also serves as like a second layer of insulation, which is nice. That is nice. But then it's all, it, it does get cold. My toes do get cold. Aww. So if you're enjoying this podcast in the winter, do know that it is while I have ch- chilly feet. <laughs> chilly little toesies. My toesies are cold. <laughs> all right, Kelly, you ready? Uh, let's hop in. How about it? Yeah. So our first story is sort of this continuing story that we, our first piece of news, I should say. It's sort of a continuing story that we've covered the past two weeks. Um, This one's a little bit sort of an off branch of this whole Team 17 NFT thing. Um, The Team 17 employees have come forward um, to just sort of voice a lot of issues and displeasure that they're having with management. Um, A lot of the employees' concerns about the whole NFT thing were completely ignored. Um, The pay and working conditions are not fair, um, and there are ongoing sexual harassment cases that are being ignored by HR at Team 17. Um, These employees say, so they have expressed these sentiments as sort of a you know we didn't we weren't with this nft project and then here's this other list of of things that are going wrong or being thrown by the wayside by the studio so um you know as always employees are the backbone of like what we do and they're they're really the reason why video games are what they are i mean the big studio execs they don't you know not saying that team sent Team 17 is this huge studio, but the big studio execs don't really get it. They're not the reason that video games exist. So as always, we are with the employees. We stand with them. Um, everyone deserves to have their complaints and their issues heard. And this is just another one of those situations where they're not being heard and and their complaints are valid. And 
as always, you know, we stand with them. And I hope that this spotlight on these issues, <clears throat> the spotlight on Team 17 right now, is able to sort of help these studio employees get the fairness and their the fairness that they deserve. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard thing to, like, discuss. I think the only thing to note is, like, it felt like three weeks ago Team 17 was, like, this indie darling. And then the NFT stuff happened and people were like, oh, they're out of touch. And now this happens. And it's like, okay. So really, any company is capable of committing these these really unfair things against their employees, not just the giant AAA studios. And that's disappointing to hear. It's right. really disappointing. Right. Uh, and not to make light of it, but we'll go ahead and move on to the next story, um, which is not pleasant either, but in a different way. Bandai Namco has said that they plan to spend $130 million on a new metaverse project, utilizing its IPs used, as they say, as a means of bringing fans of all of their different series together to interact with one another, one another just surrounded by NFTs. So, this I think this is going to become a trend where companies either kind of try to shoehorn NFTs into the regular games or go ahead and make an entirely separate NFT metaverse project that doesn't directly interact with their general products, which I think is preferable, you know? Like, I'm glad they're doing this instead of putting, like, putting NFTs in Elden Ring. Elden Ring's Bandai Namco, right? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. I'm really glad there's no NFTs in Elden Ring, and this is a better way to do it, but it's still annoying, and that's a lot of money. Like, that's enough to fund, like, quite a few small projects, or at least one medium project. I... I do think it's interesting that this like conversation about like metaverse these things are happening now it's like realistically the metaverse and metaverses have existed for a really long time in the video game space they're just not framed in that way like yeah I mean MMORPGs such a hard word to say MMOs are like a metaverse of their own you're interacting yeah. with other players. You are your own player. You are your own character. And I mean, even stuff like Second Life and like, I don't know, just like dumb internet stuff like that. It seems like they're taking this, they're just sort of like spackling on like a, it's the metaverse. It's new and exciting mm -hmm. onto a concept that has existed for like 20 years. Yeah. 20 plus It feels years. cyclical. Yeah. Plus, I mean, this whole NFT thing, I think, is really going to blow up in a bad way. And I just, I don't foresee this project. On one hand, it's like, why would you spend this much money on it if it's going to blow up? Maybe they know something that we don't like financially speaking. But it's also like, NFTs are kind of a fad. And I, while I don't think they're going away in the near future, I think they're one of those things that it's really easy to, to be fraudulent. So it really shocks me to see all these really big companies that make a lot of money sort of cashing in on this. But at the same time, it's like they just want to keep making more money. And they know that there are a lot of people out there, a lot of suckers that are going to buy into this NFT. But, thing. 
but it's also kind of it resonates with me the same way that the live service discussion from last week did or maybe that was two weeks ago where you can only have a couple big successes in markets like this where the people need to be constantly engaging and constantly spending time with it people will generally pick one thing to mesh with and if every company is kind of developing their own sort of metaverse project it's just it's just a live service game basically but with no game mechanics is how it feels um if everybody's doing that none of them are going to succeed except like one or two yeah and 130 million is like a lot of money but for as heavily competitive as this market's about to be this just sounds like it's going to be 130 million dollars potentially down the drain yeah Maybe they'll think they'll make it back on all the defrauding that they do. <laughs> Their NFT. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, continuing this sort of theme, and I don't think we'll ever not be talking about this for the next however many years in video games, but um, Zynga, you know, good old Zynga, uh, they just got purchased. They make um, Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to enter the NFT gaming space in a quote-unquote big way um, by the end of this year. So their team used to be 15 people. Um, they're upping it to 100 people. Um, or they want to increase the team up to 100 people, rather. Uh, this is just another example of, of people cashing in on this NFT moment that we're having in history, unfortunately. So I, I guess, I guess my thing is I, I don't understand the optics of these huge companies being like, uh, yeah, we're just going to do it. Like, eh, whatever. Damn the consequences. It's fine. If the people <laughs> want to be mad at us, they can be mad at us, but we're going to be making money. It's like, it's so blatant. And I think the environmental concerns, which is sort of my main issue with NFTs, is like it's absurd that we can even pretend anymore that these companies care about anything other than money. It's like, yeah, there's no morality. There's no, there's, I don't know. There's no accountability. It's even like on an individual level, it's like, okay, whatever, NFTs, but it's like, like voice actors and, and stuff like that. Like, okay, whatever, that's a single person doing it, which is bad. But it's like when these big companies and corporations do it, it's like, what are we doing? Like, how are you not being held more accountable for this? How are, I don't know. There's just a lot of legality, I think, too, that is not really being considered. No, there really needs to be some intervention here. Ugh. If it's if it's going to be as substantial of an environmental impact as it seems it will be. Yeah, if it's if it's going and and also if it's if it's really dealing in these huge amounts of money like non-taxable money, it's like it is so easily like mismanaged or so easily taken advantage of by people who can launder money and do stuff like that. It's like I don't understand. It just doesn't make sense to me that nobody, there's no, there's no type of intervention. If cryptocurrency quote unquote is really the future, there's really no like regulation. I don't understand. 
It's absurd to me. It's like the Wild West. I don't know. It is pretty wild. And it also makes it very apparent why Rockstar acquired Zynga. Or at least some of the plans they had behind that. Because maybe this is, or I guess take two, I should say. This probably seems like take two's way of getting into the NFT space without tarnishing their own name or their own properties. Yeah. Just buying somebody else to do it for them. <laughs> so. Well, that was how it was forespoken. Oh. Oh, forespoken. Out in May. Very exciting. But sadly, we have learned because of the ESRB rating of mature, because it says stinky words and has violence. Um, it also has microtransactions. Woo! Yeah, we love our microtransactions in single player games. I love spending $5 or $4.99 <laughs> plus tax. After spending $69.99. Yeah. Plus tax just to acquire it. I think that's good, actually. I think it's good to spend almost $100 on a video game and then have to spend more money. Yeah. It feels really bad that games are getting more expensive and the things that... I don't... The microtransactions still existing when games are getting more expensive proves that they're not doing it to make, like to break even they're just doing it to make as much profit as possible and now i'm like nope video game should have stayed 60. yeah it's also like in a single player game what i know that's what i'm saying i've never even uh, like what i know and I like there's it. single player games with it where like you can buy like in-game currency and stuff but that's like dumb. that's dumb <laughs> that's stinky and dumb dude <laughs> i like that we just ended our discussion of it because we made it very apparent that we have exactly the same mentality of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all the bad news this week. Oh, we got a heck ton of good news. I'm actually very excited for this. Me too. This is Kelly's big moment, folks. I've been dreaming of tight. this moment for a long time. So a little game called Wolf Among Us came out a long, long time ago. I was in high school. Um just to give you a reference, and I'm like a thousand years old, as we know. Um, <laughs> and it ended on a cliffhanger, and it was a Telltale game, and Telltale's fate was sort of in limbo for a little while there. But uh, just a few days ago, our good friend Jeff, we all know him. Some of us love him. Um, some of us don't. <laughs> <laughs> depends, on the, depends on the day, Dep I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my good buddy Jeff. He said, hey, Wolf Among Us 2 trailer dropping tomorrow, and it dropped... And it looks so good, and it had this this cool moment where we see the character. Oh, it was so good. And then it was like 2023. Might I remind you, it is February of 2022. <laughs> we are only two months into the year. Um, so this felt a little bit cruel when I saw the 2023, but I also cannot temper my excitement. Um, I am so excited for this game. It's actually sad. <laughs> it looks I mean I will say I watched it live and it didn't look great and then I rewatched the trailer later and I was like oh that was YouTube compression yeah it's also all, it the trailer was in engine footage which like isn't really a big deal but when you look at the original Wolf Among Us and how that looked it's like oh my gosh this game looks so great 
Yeah, I'm a big fan. It's there was no uh, content from what movie is this? The Wizard of Oz in the first game was there? No, it's so it's based on you know this already, but for those that yeah. don't, it's based on a comic series called Fables, where it takes a bunch of like public domain fairy tale characters and puts them in like um, New York City in the 80s. I don't know if it's specifically New York. I think it's a specific section of a city like New York. Um, and it's set in the 80s and it's very, very, it follows the story of the main character who's Detective Big B Wolf, uh, the big bad wolf. And <laughs> the first game you sort of meet all these different characters from stories that we all sort of know. Um, but no, no, uh, The Wizard of Oz was not in the first one. Uh, the first one kind of focused on, well, it focused on a few different things. Um, princesses and um, the Crooked Man and Bloody Mary, stuff like that. So yeah, it was it's sort of a hodgepodge. There's not really a big... It's not all one fable. It's like a bunch of different characters from different, and they all sort of come together in the way that they exist in the world is very interesting. So, and the the comics are long finished. I think they're done. I might be wrong, but yeah. um, you know. So if you really want to get the story, you could probably just read the comic. Read it. <laughs> but I do think it diverts a little bit. It's sort of a prequel, I think, from to the comics. But, okay. Um, my thing with this, I mean, I was also disappointed by the 2023 because of how early in 2022 it is. Cause like this theoretically could be basically two years away if it came out late 2023. Yeah. Um, which I hope it's early next year and they just don't feel confident enough to say a date yet. But a big thing for me is this, the, this is one of the first 2023 games we know of. There's not that many games that have 23 release dates. Um, and this one's coming to last gen. And, you know, Telltale games have never been super demanding and they have no like huge reason to be only on current gen, but it does prove that the shift to current gen is not happening a hundred percent even into next year. That's crazy. And like, the cause the only other game I think we know of for 2023 is Suicide Squad, assuming that delay is correct and actually it's happening. And that is current gen only so my hope became okay this year will be like the last year of cross generation and the next year everything will will be just on next gen current gen the fact that i'm still calling it next gen because it's not being like fully embraced is so strange yeah it's hard to call it current gen when there's like two games that you can play but yeah because i guess spider-man is coming out in 2023 and that's just current gen mm. But that'll be placed one of PlayStation's first current gen only games, and that's 2023, probably holiday. Yeah. But speaking of cross generation games, we got a new trailer, as well as an announcement for a release window of Atomic Heart. This was announced, or at the very least, uh, shown off for the first time at Xbox's E3 press conference in 2021. This new trailer showed off more of the story. It is a retro future plot. So it's like kind of 60s-ish, but also very futuristic technology. Lots of robots. Lots of robots. 
and the robots are also in your brain and stuff. So it's a very technological society and the technology seems to be going haywire and you're fighting against that. I'm a huge fan of the aesthetic of this game and I think the very stylized world and insane kind of terrifying enemies is really exciting. They showed off some like gunplay but also you have some like magical powers in your left hand that are probably like technology because you're shooting lightning out of your hand in one shot which I assume is not actually magic but some Bioshock gameplay is fine with me you know I was gonna and say it almost looks like a spiritual successor to Bioshock yeah, like a technological Bioshock almost yeah the way that it's which is cool yeah the way that it's sort of like set in a specific city and the city seems to be sort of a character of its own. And it's like, yeah. um, Spooky. it's supposed to be like Russian, isn't it? Am I crazy? Yeah, it's made in Russia. I re Cause I remember the, um, the original trailer, there was some, uh, like the, not this trailer that just came out, but the original one, there was some like uh Cyrillic script. Sure. But, this game also got a release window. Um, we didn't even know the release year of this one, which disappointed me at E3 of last year. But now we know it is this year, and it's coming out in, uh, get this, pound sign, pound sign, pound sign, pound sign, pound sign, pound sign, B-E-R. They were just being cute and uh, confirming that it's in the last third of the year, because, you know, September, October, November, December, it's in one of those months. I'm hoping September, October would make a lot of sense since it seems kind of pseudo spooky, but I think this trailer looks fantastic and I'm excited to see more. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing a November release date so it can be sort of holiday, a big holiday game. Yeah, so I guess so. It looks really good. I mean, it it's... It looks way better. This It looked good the first time, but it was kind of just abstract and now it looks like a really cool finished game. Yeah. And it's also on Game Pass, which means I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> nice. Speaking of Game Pass, I played a game on it this week. What did you play, Andrew? The Hitman Trilogy. Wow. I played all of them. I've actually been working on this for the past couple weeks, as has been hinted by my game lists in the past couple episodes. But I finally finished it, all three games. I really liked it. A lot. I think the immersive world was really cool. I played it incorrectly because um, I I didn't kill anybody but my targets in levels because the general concept is it drops you in this giant level that's almost like a miniature open world with how much there is packed into it. Um, and then your target is somewhere in there and they're living their life surrounded by security always. And your goal is to basically figure out how you can kill them without creating too much of a fuss. And there were some times where, like, I accidentally was able to do my hits very quietly. Like, one time I found a remote that lit off fireworks. And I was like, ooh, what happens if I press it? And I pressed it. And my target went out to watch separate from her security guard. And I was like, oh, I guess now's a good time. But usually it just ended up me being... Like, all right, I'm going to hide behind a box nearby and throw a coin and then and then shoot them when they're looking the other way. And that's all I did a lot. 
So this game was not as immersive for me as it could be, but I loved it anyway. I did not poison sushi and then feed my target at any point. You know, I did not pretend to be a mascot at a racetrack and then sneak into to the quarters of my target at any point. Well, you didn't do that in the game, but you did that in real life. No, that's no, Kelly, don't we know, people can't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am actually a hitman in real life, too. <laughs> Uh, I think the first game in the trilogy is the strongest, and there's a huge, huge downgrade in story quality in the second game because they went independent because the first game was not published by IO, and then the second and third were. So there was a notable drop-off. Like, cutscenes turned from really, really well-animated cutscenes that looked almost like real life to stagnant images that were just, like, cycled through which was a big step down. And then three got better, but still didn't hit the heights of one. Um, but if you're playing for the story, you probably won't enjoy it anyway, because it's mostly a, a gameplay-driven game. And one was also episodic when it came out. So they really had to put a lot in to every level to make sure people wanted to buy every single level. And two and three were packages. So there are a couple duds in there because they didn't have to sell them all. Like the last level of this series is bad it's really bad that's unfortunate yeah it like wasn't a hitman level it's very linear it's very call of duty-esque oh, which is really stupid in a game that focuses on like stealth and being a hitman but i still highly recommend the package it's very expensive it's a hundred dollars but if you have game pass it's on there so if you maybe if you have interest in this and don't have game pass just get Hitman 1 and see how you're feeling because to buy the Hitman trilogy is $100 MSRP and that's really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like halfway through the game and I'm like I wonder how much this costs for regular people. <laughs> for the normal folk out there. <laughs> and it's $100 apparently. That's a lot of oh, that's a lot of moolah. Did you play anything this week, Kelly? You know what's crazy? I did. I um, you know me, I like to go back to the old classics. So I played Skyrim. Wow. Did you, yeah. did you do anything unique? Did you I fish. I fished. Okay. Um, which did is you, new. Did you mod anybody in? Anniversary update. No. You couldn't fish in Skyrim? Mm-mm. No, you could go in the water and catch fish. Oh, that's right. But you could not like get a fishing rod and fish, but they added it to the free anniversary update. Um, which also good? coincidentally just completely ruined like everybody's mod m modded games. Oh um, no, really? Yeah, because there's two really important mods for you to ha well, not two, but there there's one really really important mod for you to have if you play modded Skyrim. It's the Skyrim script extender. It's pretty much required for almost every single mod, and the it's like a team of them, and they had to come up with the update really fast because people couldn't play with their mods anymore with the anniversary update. Because um, this was the first really big update that Skyrim had in like eight years probably. Yeah. Um, So it just really messed up everybody's mods and there's still mods that are broken from it. But That's crazy. I know. So it has to make so much money off people buying Skyrim to mod it that you would expect that they would like prepare for that or like be aware that it could mess that up yeah or like be a little bit more open with modders 
you know, have some communication yeah. because I think what Bethesda needs to recognize is that the reason Skyrim hit still has so much like playability for PC users is because of mods. So it's kind of disappointing for them to just sort of be like, well, whatever, here's your free update. Yeah. And if you play on Steam, which most people do on PC, if you play on Steam, you have to go in and like disable automatic updates. So if you weren't thinking about it, your game probably updated without you even knowing. So I had to go through and clean my whole list out and then just re-download everything. That's annoying. Yeah, it was... What? It was really Did unfortunate. Did you have fun fishing at least? No. The fishing is not good. It's really oh. bad. <laughs> You're I'm better sorry, off going that's... in the water and like catching them like you used to. That's funny. I mean, it's sad, but that's I know. Funny. It's absurd. It's the worst fishing mechanic I've ever experienced in a game. It's like there's not even any sort of movement. It's just like you see a splash in the water and then you... It's just really bad. <laughs> if you're going to put fishing in the game, make it fun. Turn it into like a mini game. Give me yeah. like Stardew Valley fishing or like... Timed button presses. Yeah, or like Fire Emblem Three Houses. Give me anything. It's, it was it was really giving nothing. Um, but there's new fish too, so that was kind of cool. And there's a few new quests that used to be on the Creation Club but were released with the free anniversary update. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so, you know, I haven't played them because I don't care. But <laughs> I play Skyrim to walk around... Eat food, drink, go camping, and kill dragons. Um, it sounds like the right way to play to me. Yeah, so I've been playing that. Uh, really nothing else. Um, you know, it's been Can kind I ask of you a, a question? long week. Yeah, go ahead. How does it feel that you uh, are a podcast host with a prophet? I don't know how it feels. I'll have to get back to you on that. Well, you should think about it because uh, last week at the end of the episode, I said, hey, Carly, you know what I want? And then you said donuts. And I said, well, yeah, but you know what else I want? A Nintendo Direct. And I said, I really hope next week that I'm reporting on a Nintendo Direct. And I'm just going to say our episodes come out at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And that episode was close to an hour long. And I said to that comment right near the end. So just before 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, somebody listening right when it dropped would hear that. And then at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, Nintendo went ahead and said, hey, guys, direct Wednesday. Yes. So did I did I create this? Did I did I prophesize this happening? Yes. You spoke yeah. it into existence. It you couldn't have happened if I didn't. So I was very thrilled. I was laughing that this happened because it felt very like not like I called it because it wasn't even a prediction I was just like I'm in the mood for a direct and then it happened and I was like wow that's the first I think that's the first time ever that I've actually spoken out in words that I wanted to direct and then it happened yeah so do you want to hop there's so much news that came from this and some really exciting stuff that we're saving for the end but do you want to hop right into what they said yeah so they sort of started off with a few um, this is coming to the Switch. Uh, the first of those many announcements being that No Man's Sky is coming to the Switch this summer, summer 2022. Um, no Man's Sky has found itself a very nice little niche of um, of a fan base with its improved updates and sort of total 
remake of the game. Um, I know it's it's quite popular on Steam, and like I said, there's like a little niche of players. Um, so this was probably exciting for quite a few people. I probably won't play it, um, but yeah. I think this game specifically makes a lot of sense on Switch, though. Like this open, yeah. open experience. I really hope because we haven't had this confirmed yet. I really hope that it has cross progression for the people who play it on other consoles. Yeah. Because this would be like, if you play it on like PlayStation or Xbox, it'd be really cool if you could take it with you on your Switch and the progress would carry over. Um, and it definitely looked like stable and functional, which yeah. was exciting. I don't think it's a very demanding game. I guess not. Just I mean, we did see design properties. This isn't in our stories because we don't talk about it, but we saw the new MLB game on Switch finally, and it looked like it was running at like 360p. <laughs> at four frames per second so <laughs> so seeing games like this run just fine is still exciting and also like the fact that if you are a switch exclusive player this game is completely finished and like they added so much stuff to make people love it leagues more than when it came out and you not having to deal with that like build up and waiting for it to get good and just playing the final product is very exciting yeah uh also announced for Switch port was Portal 1 and 2. They're coming in the Companion Collection. I was surprised because, I don't know, in my brain, Portal's like dead. So just seeing Portal was very exciting. Um, it's okay. coming this year. No confirmed release date yet, which I thought was a little weird, but oh well. Um I'm excited for it because I would love to play Portal 2 local co-op on Switch because, you know, all I own it on is PlayStation 3 and I am not hooking that thing up to play Portal 2. <laughs> so having it on Switch could be a really fun way to play it. Yeah. I have very fond memories of playing Portal 2. Um, I'm very excited for this. I, I, I actually have never played the first Portal. Oh. But I love Portal 2. It was like my favorite game the year that it came out, which I think it came out in 2013 or 2012. I can't remember. Yeah. It was right at that that golden age. Because I remember I was playing Bioshock Infinite at the same time. Yeah. It, I love Portal 2 a lot. I think Portal 1's fun, but Portal 2 is like top of the line video game. Right. Story and everything. Right. Um, Voice I'm really excited to play this again, and I'm hoping that you know, I get to hear Stephen Merchant's stupid little voice come out of my oh, stupid little switch. Yes, Wheatley. Classic. I love I love Wheatley and I love Stephen Merchant, just to be clear. I do not think he is stupid. Stephen, please come on podcast. <laughs> well, now he's got us since you said that. I'll ask him. I'll be like, hey, when the companion collection come to switch, do you want to be on the show that week? And he's like, all right. Yeah, I'll text him. <laughs> um, So... Following up after that, uh, Star Wars The Force Unleashed was announced to be coming to April to, to the Switch for <laughs> 20, a date that is not important at all. But Star Wars The Force Unleashed will be on the Switch. So when you are on that day, you can play that game. Yeah. <laughs> I never played The Force Unleashed, but I know the guy, uh, the main guy in it, um, he was a. Uh, he was in a show that I watched um, many, many moons ago called Being Human. 
He played the vampire character. <laughs> oh, not not in. I thought you meant in like a new Star Wars show, and I was like, no, I thought no, he was no. like. That was the thing that surprised me about this game is like. This game is like super super not canon now. Like this yeah. is one of the things that when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, got like wiped from the Star Wars canon, and never re-released or anything. So that I think this was one of the most surprising ports to me just because I didn't think this game would ever make a return. Yeah, I think people really like this game though. Like it has. Yeah, a I've heard following. nothing but good things. But um, I think. Are the... you gonna play it on four twenty? No, probably oh. not. What did you, were you gonna say something, or were you just gonna talk about four twenty more? Uh, no, I uh, oh, I think the dual mode looks cool, but that was in yeah. the original, I think. There's also some motion controls with Joy-Cons, which sounds like it's not going to be good, but it's novel. <laughs> it never is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another port we got that's more of a, a remaster, if you will, is Chrono Cross. It's remastered as the Radical Dreamers edition. This one's not just Switch. It's also coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, as well as PC, on April 7th. I was also excited to see this one. Same kind of mentality. I thought this game was dead. And seeing it in a direct was very exciting. This is a game I've been interested in, but never have buckled down and played. It's the sequel to Chrono Trigger. It has, like, I think 14 billion protagonists that you can pick from, which I think is really cool. Um, it does have a lot of a lot of party members. And I think I've heard mixed things on the internet of how this remaster looks, because they, like, I don't know if they just did like digital upscaling or if they like repainted these backgrounds, but the backgrounds look very new and crisp and the character models are a little improved. I think it looks really pretty. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe it is ugly and I just can't see it. I no, I think it looks good. It looks, I mean, the style of the game is that you've got these little 3D characters and then it's this like this beautiful painted background. It looks good yeah. to me. I mean, the there's obviously it's obviously an older game. You can tell, but it's like that one level that's shown in in the trailer is like a crazy painting, like a crazy clown painting. I think it looks oh, good. Oh yeah, it's I'll, like an I, abstract paint. Yeah. I'm 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 I'll probably play this. Yeah, and I mean it's nice that it's coming to. I think it was makes sense to announce it on the Switch on a Nintendo Direct because it's probably going to do best on Switch. I would guess. But, like, if you got this on PC, running this thing at full 4K, I think it would look really, really stunning. Yeah. Because it seems like they did a very good job of upgrading those backgrounds into full HD. Yeah. Because the original game was very fuzzy looking. Right. And they improved, like, the character models and the backgrounds a whole lot for this. And it also comes with a visual or a, a text-based adventure game that's, like, a prequel that came out on the the Satella view in Japan only that part. I was like, Oh, what that is. There are four people that are very excited to hear that. <laughs> I don't know who they are. I just know it's a very short list of people. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I thought so soon too. That was nice. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. So another, um, port that was announced. Well, that was a remaster, but a port that was announced is uh, Klonoa 1 and 2 are being ported to the Switch on July 8th and then other platforms at a later date. Um, Klonoa 2 is like, um, it, it looks almost uh, Spyro-esque. 
this beautiful world with this little guy. He's like a little rabbit thing. I've never played the games. It looks it looks it looks quite good. Um and I probably won't play it, but it's nice because I guess there's sort of a, a cult following for this series. I really like Klonoa, the design, and I know the series has been dormant for a long time and people have wanted it back, so this seems like a really good way to do it. I know it's like it doesn't look like they did substantial work, but the upscaling looks really nice. And I think the second game especially looks very pretty like the first game looks a little old but the second game i think holds up really nicely um so i i don't know i'm very interested to see how this goes and i'm i might hold off and wait for it to come to other platforms so i can play it at a very crisp 4k resolution perhaps um but i'm excited for this one i'm i think it's cool that this the, the klonoa fans are getting something for the first time in a long time yeah uh, fans that have been getting stuff recently, Metroid fans got Metroid Dread last year. As you know, as a listener of this podcast, I like that game. Uh, but they announced during the Direct that it has received a free update. It came right after the announcement that added Dread Mode, which is a mode where you die in one hit. Very fun. Very fair, you know. And then also Rookie Mode, which makes it uh, an easier game it seems just more forgiving with health basically which is a huge a huge help um i think this game probably should have had an easy mode on launch because it was pretty rough but it's here now it's only a couple months after launch and they're adding it and they also announced a boss rush mode to come at a later date which i think is very cool i'm happy that this game you know it, it succeeded and Metroid is far from a guaranteed success, so that's exciting in its own right. And now it receiving updates and continuing to be supported and pushed by Nintendo. I just think that's really, really, really cool. Yeah, I think it's um I think it's nice that they're sort of balancing it because just having the dread update would would have kind of been like, okay, I'm never gonna play mm, that. But yeah. it's like with the rookie update, <laughs> it it's able to sort of bring more people in and Maybe make people who want to replay the game but don't want to go through the headache again. Um, it's it's nice that they have that sort of balanced update for everybody. And the boss rush, I yeah. mean, that'll be exciting when it comes out, whenever it comes That's out. That's a good point. I doubt that Dread Mode would have gotten even one more buyer. It's just fun for people who have it. But I bet Rookie Mode, there's a few people who were like, oh, now we'll get it. Because yeah. they were told it was difficult, so they held out. Right. This was also a big day for Kelly <laughs> because Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings were announced for Nintendo Switch Online. Um, I love Earthbound. I remember being just a wee little girl, not little, I was probably in middle school, and watching like 16 different YouTube walkthroughs of Earthbound just so I could see it 16 different times. Um, so this is very exciting. I do have Nintendo Switch Online. Um, so I will be playing this. Um, but yeah, Earthbound, Earthbound Beginnings. I will say, during the direct presentation, they were like, we have something to show you. And then it was like a dark, mysterious screen 
And then the Earthbound slowly building in logo happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, you know, it was obvious it was coming to, to switch online. And then it kind of faded out and it was like, but that's not all. And I was like, <gasps> and then it showed Earthbound Beginnings. And like, I'm going to be frank, I'm never going to touch Earthbound Beginnings in my life because a very old Nintendo Entertainment System RPG does not appeal to me personally. Um, Earthbound does, Beginnings does not. But the way they were presenting this with all like this pompous circumstance, I was so mentally prepared for them to go and then and drop something related to Mother 3. Yeah. So that was a little a little disappointing. I mean I'm so excited that these are coming and I think these are probably some of the most exciting additions to Nintendo Switch Online that have ever been added. Like I'd say these are on par with like when the Donkey Kong Country games came to it. Yeah. So good but I couldn't help but get my hopes up for Mother 3. I know. It's quite sad. I think the thing with Mother 3, and I thought about this a lot, if you play the fan localization, um, there's a lot in that game that might be a little bit difficult to localize in a way that works for Nintendo right now. Just in terms of like, there's a whole sequence in the game where it's like, okay, we're going to take mushrooms and then (laughs) just walk around and see what happens. And it's like, um, maybe not the best like optics for Nintendo, uh, but regardless, it is kind of sad that maybe Mother 3 will never sort of get this treatment just because of, just because of that. But there's also, I'm not advocating for this, but there's also a very, very, very detailed fan translation of Mother 3 that maybe Nintendo was like, we don't even want to touch that. You know, you can you can advocate. Nintendo's not going to put it out in America. Well, my thinking is, you know, Nintendo pretty hardcore about copyright stuff. Yeah, as we know. Um, but it's interesting that this fan translation has been around for so long. It's been yeah, around for that... a long time, and nobody's said or done anything. So, I've seen physical copies being sold at conventions and stuff. So, like, yeah. It's sort of. I think Nintendo kind of just wants this one to to rest. Yeah, that's what that indicates to me too. It's just sort of like a. You guys go and do whatever you're gonna do because we're not doing it. (laughs) We're not touching that. You know what I want is a remake by Grezzo, who did the Link's Awakening remake. If they did like a toy style Mother Three remake, I think that would be. chef's kiss it would be yeah it would be very interesting there's a lot that is a little bit heavy in that game and then like making it a little bit more palatable in a um, (laughs) toy style would be very interesting yeah i I will see i think this might reignite interest yet again because the last time something like this happened was on the wii u and it was like well it's on wii u so nobody's gonna play it anyway because nobody has that exactly crash (laughs) we got a new trailer for advance wars reboot camp as well as a finally confirmed release date of april 8th this game was delayed to an undetermined date after its december release date could not be hit um this trailer did a good job of showing it off even more showed off custom maps which is really cool you can make your own advance wars maps there's online multiplayer 
there seems to be some new missions in the second game. Um, I'm excited for this one. I'm glad it's out in April. I, I'm still disappointed it didn't hit that December release date because I really think I, I would have played it in December. And now things might be a little busy around April. So I don't know if I'll be able to, to get to this one. Might still be eating up Kirby. Yeah. I will probably not play it at all. But I'm glad it has a release date. Yeah. So this next one might be a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirby, we all know him. <laughs> we all know him. We all love him. Who? Kirby. I couldn't hear you over my own laughter. Kirby. Um, <laughs> stupid Mike. Um, so Kirby, there was a new trailer for the new Kirby game that's coming out next month in March. Um, it is showcasing the mouthful mode, <laughs> which is basically Kirby just puts his little mouth on something and it just, he's the whole thing. Um, so there was like a car and now he's being ref affectionately referred to as Carby. Um, <laughs> there was like a little traffic cone. There was all sorts of little things that Kirby was just putting his mouth on and uh that's a new <laughs> mode in the game called mouthful mode and it's really cute and i love kirby and he's just a little guy and i love that about him i think kirby is a gender but you know what that's okay that's okay i call everybody no matter their gender little guy i kirby is in its very essence a little guy there's not much more that can be said that hasn't already been said. Um, but yeah, this looks really fun and cute. And I like the memes surrounding it. Uh, I just love Kirby. He's so cute. Ah! I remember there was some, um, this is sort of a off topic. Well, it's not off topic, but it's sort of a, just a little aside. You can edit it out if you want. But there's this really funny, it was like a, it was like a TikTok and it was in the comments and it was like from the Bernie Sanders campaign. And the comment was like, the profile picture was of Kirby. And it was like, you're go Bernie. And the Bernie Sanders <laughs> account replied. And it was like, thank you, Jigglypuff. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. <laughs> because it's, of course, it's not him. But it's like imagining Bernie being like, go Jigglypuff. Thank you. It's like so funny to me. Um, now I think about it every time I see Kirby, I say, thank you, Jigglypuff. If I knew that, I would have been saying thank you, Jigglypuff, for the whole three-minute trailer. <laughs> uh. This trailer was really fantastic. It reminded me, it's funny because people were, like, there were some people after the last trailer being like, oh, this looks like Mario Odyssey. And it's like, Kirby's been capturing and taking over people since, like, this, his second game like that's his thing is copy abilities but now with the mouthful mode it actually kind of does like that specifically does feel very mario odyssey which is not a bad thing mario odyssey is an exceptional game but i do kind of think this will add a lot of variety to the game and i'm also very excited they showed off some like some sim elements because you can pay to like increase the size of your town which we kind of knew 
but like they didn't show off extensively and now we know that's what it is and I'm so excited because I love spending money <laughs> to make Waddle Dee's happier. Oh. Ah. So, so and cute. You, could, you can also like pay to make your copy abilities better every time you get them, which is like a crazy cool concept. This game seems really extensive and I'm going to want to do everything it possibly has to offer. Yeah. I'm so excited. It also just looks beautiful. And every time we see it, I'm just like, oh, my God, it's even prettier than I imagined. Carby. Another game that we got uh, another look at was Splatoon 3. We got the reveal of Salmon Run Next Wave. This is the su seemingly sequel to the Salmon Run mode from Splatoon 2, which is like a zombie mode where a bunch of mindless salmon are coming up on land and you have to you have to kill them. You got to get rid of them, and take their eggs and put them in baskets. Salmon and Row? Salmon Row. That is that is probably what it's based on now that I'm thinking about That's, that's um, kind of funny. That's a rare crafting material in Skyrim. <laughs> and a very not real material in Splatoon. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. I have one major concern, and that was that Splatoon 2 had this mode, and it was timed. You could only play it at certain times of the day. And it like changed day to day oh. and it was awful and it made it hard to play it because I'd be like, I remember when the game came out, I was having an amazing time and I was playing with a friend and we played for two hours straight online and we were having so much fun. And then it just like, we finished a level and we were like, ah, let's go again. And it just cut us off and it was like, nope, <laughs> You're time's done. up. You're done. And I'm like, I paid for this game. Why can't I play the mode that's in it? But I hope that that's not a thing here they didn't say it was so I have a feeling maybe it's full now you can play it whenever and they also added egg throwing so like when you're carrying the egg it's normally on your back and you used to have to take it all the way to the basket and sometimes that's really hard but now you can throw it to your teammates and throw it under the basket huge change but we also got a release window finally of summer so we know it's not going to be too late in the year uh, I assume we'll get like a Splatoon Direct in the next couple months to talk extensively about the game and also a release date because Splatoon fans man they wild they love their Splatoon I'm a Splatoon fan but not like not like some are you, Splatoon fans are you a squid or are you a kid I'm a splat head if you will oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I think this looks really cool and I'm excited the music's very trippy and I'm excited to see more I'm excited to play I like all parts of Splatoon. I like the campaign. I like the, the multiplayer. But Salmon Run was definitively my favorite part of Splatoon 2. So I'm excited to see more and play it soon. I'm excited for you. Thank you. So big news. Big news. Huge. Alert Huge. the presses. Um, Nintendo Switch Sports was announced out for April 29th of this year. Um, it's sort it sort of acts as a successor to Wii Sports. Um, the trailer looked like a lot of fun. I'm actually kind of surprised. It feels like really late in the cycle. Maybe it's because Wii Sports came with the Wii, but it feels really late in the cycle for this game to be coming out. The Switch has been around for like three, four years, five years now. Five years. years. This will be more than five years after release. That's crazy. This seems like a really basic game that, you know, could have potentially come for free with the Switch, but uh, <laughs> it's not. Uh, it is paid. 
it's not free like Wii Sports was. Um, no. But it also doesn't come with console, so. Yeah. But also, like, the last Wii Sports game that cost money was Wii Sports Resort, which added a lot of sports. So it felt like it was warranting the price tag. Yeah. And this just has, a like, six with a seventh coming in the fall. And that kind of feels... And it's not full price. It's $40 instead of 60 But still, it's a lot of money for, for yeah. six sports. There's no um, there's no golf either. No, and that's the first one getting added as a post-launch DLC for free. And I'm assuming there'll be a couple more, but like, I don't know. It has the sword fighting from Resort, which was my favorite part. So I guess that's good. I think it's a little strange that it's being marketed without Miis. You can still use yeah. your Miis, but it's being marketed with these like cute little chibi characters. And I think that kind of, I think if an average person looks at this on a shelf and sees Nintendo Switch Sports with no Miis on it, they're not going to recognize this as a, a sequel to Wii Sports. Yeah. the <laughs> In the trailer, the person like doing out all of the actions, they're so like, they're, they look so unenthused to be playing Nintendo Sports. <laughs> it's like not even funny. That's hysterical. Well, it is. I think it is funny, actually, because that's I think that's emphatic of a lot of people's feelings about this. I think it's cool that it's coming back. There's an online play test in a few days here from the 18th to 20th. Maybe I'll hop in on that just to see how the game feels. But at the same time, like. I don't know if I need more Wii Sports in my life. I know and this is just that played a lot of Wii Sports when I first got my Wii. Wii! And it had the novelty of like motion control that we don't have anymore. Yeah, nobody cares anymore. It's like, yeah, we know. Motion control. That's We expect that. It has a leg strap you can get. I know. I saw. I always keep I it on me. You know? <laughs> I have my Nintendo Switch leg strap on me at all times. <laughs> I don't mean like in my backpack. I mean physically on my, on my leg. Yeah. It's strapped to my leg. I take it off to shower and that's it. It's very stinky. It's not come off since I got it like two years ago. Yeah. Something that came out way more than two years ago is a Japanese only Super Nintendo RPG called Live Alive. And that is L-I-V-E space A space L-I-V-E. They called it Live Alive. I wouldn't have guessed it was called that. I don't know what I would have guessed. But. This is a, as I said, Super Nintendo RPG from the 90s, and it tells the story of eight different characters in eight different timelines. Well, I'm sorry, seven in seven different timelines. So, like, there's one that's set in the caveman times, another that's a ninja in ancient Japan, another that's in the Wild West of America, and four others. And this is being remade from the ground up for Nintendo Switch by the 2D HD team. So this is the same H, sorry, HD 2D team. I mixed it up. This is the same team as Octopath. It is out on July 22nd, which really shocked me <laughs> because Triangle Strategy is out in just a month now. Less than one month until Triangle Strategy. They're also working on a Drag Dragon Quest 3 remake. And now they just announce a whole nother game that they have 
basically ready, and it's coming out in July. I'm very excited, though. I think it's co- it looks really, really cool. It does. It does. This is not a complaint. Well, maybe it is. Um, there's, like, not a single human woman <laughs> in, this, in this trailer. Yeah, no, that's very... It's fine. Yeah. I mean, you I know, guess that's that's indicative of the time, the time. it came out, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting because it's like I was expecting with each character to pop up and this one is a girl. <sighs> but nope. None Screw of them you. are. Maybe the baseball is. Maybe. Yeah, the ba- the little round fellow could be anything. There's a baseball. He lives in the future. Is he a baseball? He, he looks, looks like, like a baseball. A snowball me <laughs> he might just be he a snowball have the baseball stitching i'm excited for this one though because i think octopath was a very cool similar concept but it kind of it didn't entirely land mm-hmm. because there was like no connective tissues between the plots and this seems like it's not even trying to connect which probably is for the best. Yeah. It seems like seven independent plots and then an eighth chapter. Whereas Octopath felt like a very poor attempt to weave them together, but it should have just been eight plots. Yeah, it looks cool. I really like the concept. I like the cowboy. I think that's cool. Because a lot of like, you know, cowboys, they don't get the recognition they deserve. In my opinion. I do. Except No, for- you pointing out that there's no women... It's going to stick in my brain now. Like, that's super <laughs> strange. I just thought it was interesting because I was like, well, maybe one of the enemies or an NPC. No. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe it's, I, you know, I don't know. These are just things I noticed. I know it's indicative of the time, but it's still like so many RPGs come out these days. And, you know, I feel like there's a pretty decent gender balance. Yeah. And this does not have that. The scales are, they have toppled. Yeah. It is just all on one side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But speaking of sides, Ooh, Mario nice Strikers one. Battle League was announced, which is a new yes. Mario Strikers game, which for those who don't know, those are the Mario soccer games, which are like the best Mario games. The Mario, best Mario sports <laughs> Not even games. sports, just best Mario game. Actually, I really like Mario Tennis, so I can't really say that, but um, they are really fun. The first Mario Strikers game is really fun. I These are really violent, which I like. I know. There's a part in the trailer that I like ha- keep rewatching. It's so funny. Mario's like running down the field, and he like kicks or something like to avoid Luigi, and then Luigi just gets zzz, like electrocuted up against the wall. <laughs> and it's like, bro, that's your brother. Like, <laughs> he could be dead. You know, he's not, but he could be. I just like that. It's like you can tackle and then it shows the character just punching another character in the head. I know. There's like it's like bombs. This... It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. I loved this game on GameCube. The, the, the Strikers game that we had on GameCube. So seeing this return. It's been since the Wii is very exciting. And I this is probably the first sports game I'm going to get in quite a while. Yeah. So it's out soon, too. June 10th. Let's go. 
It also has a really cool art style. Like they have like the charge up shots that you can do that are really they've always like in the first two games they were always pretty wacky looking, but now they have like this pencily drawn animation that triggers when you do them and it's really cool and I'm excited to play this for sure. Yeah. I want to see my Mario's eyes filled with fire <laughs> as he prepares to terminate his his enemies. Yeah, I want him to be rageful. I do too. And he might be while he drives in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe when the booster course pack starts to launch. They announced this during the direct. It is not Mario Kart 9, but instead 48 new courses coming to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe over the next two years. So they said that the last pack will be released before the end of 2023. And the first pack, which includes two cups with eight courses, comes out March 18th. It is going to cost $25, or it is included with the Nintendo Switch Expansion Pass if you have that. Um, I am thrilled to be getting new Mario Kart content. It is all remastered courses from the previous games, which is kind of a double-edged sword because it's like, oh, yes, I love to see these courses return. And also like, oh, I was really hoping you'd bring in more courses from like other Nintendo games because that's like the coolest part of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, but I'm just excited to be getting new content. It's really weird that it is five full years after the release of the port that came out four full years after the release of the original game. But... I will take what I can get. Are you excited? You know, I wasn't going to buy it. And then I saw Coconut Mall and I was uh -huh. like, it's over. This they knew. They knew the first course they had to show. <laughs> I love Coconut Mall. I'm actually really excited for this because I just purchased Mario Kart 8 Deluxe like a few months ago. Yeah. And I am really enjoying the game. I know it's been out for so long now, but it's like I'm, I was really it's it's just like fun to play, especially with friends. Um, so I'm really, really excited for this. I might just go and buy the expand like the Nintendo online expansion. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I probably will to play Earthbound, but no, you don't need that to play Earthbound. Oh, yeah. You're you right. have Nintendo online, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You it's just don't just have the expensive 64, expansion, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I forgot about that. Also, the thing is, is you're paying $25 to get it once, or it comes with expansion pack, which you have to pay for every year. That's true. So, like, 25 once is definitely better than 50 twice. You're right. Because it, it expires after you get rid of it. Well, I'll probably just buy it then. <laughs> it also... There's 48 courses in the base game, and they're adding 48 courses of DLC. So for less than half the price of the base game, you can double the size. That's a lot. And, like, there's no new characters, which is a little disappointing, but I'm assuming that's because they're holding them back for Mario Kart 9, which I bet will... Now, I would put money on being a launch title for the, the Switch successor because of this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mario Kart 9 is going to be huge. Because you it, can't just you, do all this like, and then revert, you know? It's kind of, I think this is kind of like the Smash Syndrome, where this is like, this feels like Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, ironically, because it's on Switch. And then the next one is probably just going to use this enormous base to just keep building. Right, right. But I'm excited. It's a very reasonable price, which for Nintendo DLC is surprising. And 
I think it kind of will take the place of the Smash DLC, where every direct or conference we have will kind of be like, ooh, let's see what new courses are coming to Mario Kart. Yeah. Because they, they'll be doing it's six it's six packs, which if we maintain our current direct pace, is one pack announced per direct for the next two like this year and next. Right, right. And I'm very excited. It's out pretty soon, so I get to play the first pack soon, which means Coconut Mall, which means, you know, bump 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 dump bump dump bump. You know. You know it. I know it. You love it. Let's freaking go. Let's go home okay bye just kidding thanks everybody for listening oh wait we got more there's more news <gasps> what uh, is it andrew yes i got to see my beloved <gasps> claude fire emblem three houses <laughs> that's his full last name <laughs> because fire emblem warriors three hopes is was announced with a trailer and is set to be released on june 24th of this year um, it is a warrior style game, so it's you know, you and then you're fighting a bunch of enemies all at the same time. It's very bombastic, a lot going on. Um, but it seemed from the trailer, and for those who've played Fire Emblem Three Houses, you know that there's a few different um, routes that you can take to get certain endings, um, to experience different gameplay. Well, not different gameplay, but to experience different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so this trailer seemed to indicate that it was sort of an alternate timeline version of Three Houses. I uh, think characters looked a little bit different. Timeline looked a little bit different. Happenings looked a little bit different. And it would sort of fall into line with um, a similar, I mean, another Warriors game, uh, Hyrule Age of Calamity. Hyrule Warriors Hyrule, Age of Calamity. Hyrule, Hyrule yeah. Warriors Age of Calamity. I always forget the Warriors part. Um, where it was sort of an <laughs> alternate timeline, so... Think that sort of makes sense also i got to see claude my beloved um <laughs> this means that you could control him directly does that is that exciting i'm so excited i will be per- i don't really like warriors games they don't really interest me but i think i have to do it for claude um i like the i like everybody else too but I, the, the designs of the characters looked pretty cool i think edelgard's new design was awesome i loved her new outfit um, work slay queen. She's gonna be slaying. She definitely several will be thousands, sl- several <laughs> thousands of people. She definitely will be slaying. I mean, she did that in the original game. Um, but so did everybody else. I mean, everybody slays. <laughs> I am so excited for the roster of this game. Oh my god! Because all like, because of of course we're gonna have like Vileth and the four or the three house leaders. But if all of the characters from three houses are playable, which is not impossible. That'd be incredible. I know. Like Sylvain? playing as like Felix? Sylvain. Hilda. Ferdinand? Hilda. Oh my God, you guys. Hilda. <laughs> I love her so much. This game is brilliant. This game knows exactly. Like you just said, you were like, I'm not really interested in Warriors games, but I have to play this. And they know that. Like they know how to hit people just right, you know? Yeah. I, people played Breath of the or Age of Calamity because they just wanted more Breath of the Wild story, and then they ended up falling in love with the warrior-style gameplay. It's like once you play one good one, I think you're locked in. Yeah. I'm interested to see... Um, I, I don't know if I saw in the trailer the DLC characters, the Ashen Wolves. I don't think so. 
that would I be would I would guess that they're probably not because that might be an overwhelming number of characters. DLC. And this also seems like perhaps oh that would actually make a lot of sense. DLC for like three. We gotta hopes. pay for them again. <laughs> I <laughs> they're already always did paid. this once. <laughs> um, it's this seems to be like a golden route, if you will, where like in three houses you have to pick a house, and there is no like perfect canon ending. It is just what you picked. Whereas this seems like perhaps it's like one route. And that would be really nice, like an alternate game that's not entirely canon that presents like a story where everybody can be happy, perhaps. Yeah. Which would be really nice because it always makes me sad that somebody ends up not happy. No matter what story you play, you're going to have to kill those kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know there are certain characters that I always, well, I don't want to get too spoilery, but there are certain characters that I always have to recruit. Because I cannot bear the thought of what happens later. There's a lot of death in that game. There's a lot of death. And maybe this will be the happy version where you also get to press X a lot of times to kill thousands of faceless soldiers, which is very fun. Yes. And there will still be a lot of death. Yeah, but like death that's less sad probably because it'll feel cartoony. Right, right, right. But... We'll see. We'll see soon. This game's out so soon. I think this was one of the biggest surprises for me because it's out in June, like June 24th. I know. That's really soon for a game to be announced and released, and I love Nintendo for that. Thank you. Thank you. And also, they were very smart. They opened, and it was very obviously Fire Emblem right away. So they opened with a logo right after the intro that said Fire Emblem Warriors. So people, like, tempered their expectations very quickly. Yeah. Because I'm sure there were a lot of people disappointed that it was Warriors and not a new game. I will say, I think we are due for a new Fire Emblem game pretty soon. I would be unsurprised if right after this game came out, they announced the next major one. And I think this also allows them to make a game that's entirely new and ignore the clamoring for more Three Houses. Because I love Three Houses to death. But... I think that the next Fire Emblem game would be better off being something completely new and not a sequel of any kind. So this yeah. kind of quells people's need for a sequel to that game, I think. Yeah. But we will probably, hopefully, see this year. Maybe at the E3 Direct, or I guess it'll be Summer Direct. It won't be E3, but maybe at the Summer Direct or perhaps in the September one. Well, three, hopefully, see. <laughs> Three, oh, three cause hopes. the name's Three Hopes. I legitimately <laughs> forgot the name of the game, and I was like, "The look of confusion you... on your face was so funny." You were like, <laughs> uh, "Around September, we'll also be playing a new game that was announced at the end of this direct, and that was Xenoblade Chronicles Three. This seems to be a sequel to One and Two. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds really obvious, but." One and two are not directly connected to one, one another in an obvious fashion. They're more abstractly connected. And this seems to sort of bring those stories full circle and connect in a more direct fashion. Um, new main characters, though. The main character kind of looks like Shulk with black hair and a ponytail. But that's okay, because he's cute and British. Oi. I'm... Yeah. It is funny that it started... 
And I was like, what is this game? And I was like, it kind of looks like Xenoblade. And then they spoke and they were British. And I was like, it's Xenoblade. (laughs) Uh, I'm very excited for this game. Xenoblade 2 disappointed me a whole lot. But then they released the definitive edition of Xenoblade Chronicles on Switch. And that game kind of reined it back. And this game seems to be a lot more like that definitive edition than Xenoblade 2. The character designs are a lot more quaint and less... uh, I feel like the art style was all over the place in Xenoblade 2, and this one seems to be more coherent, and they all look like they belong in the same world together. And I like the character designs. They seem inspired by, but not just copying, the previous Xenoblade games. As as one of the few fans of Xenoblade Chronicles X, I very much hope that this brings that in as well, but I think that is a pipe dream, a flute dream, if you will. Ah, there's a lot of flutes in this trailer. There are. It looks very pretty, though. I think the open world looks really nice. You can drive a boat, which is new. The monsters are huge, as they always should be in Xenoblade. And I'm excited to see more. It's out so soon, too. Like, September's obviously not that soon, but considering that we just found out about this, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Are you at all interested in this game, or is this just going to be a me one? I think this is just going to be an Andrew game, but I'm very excited for you. Um, And I agree. I think that the characters look interesting and they're a lot more cohesive than what I've seen from Xenoblade 2. Yeah. Um, I also was a flautist myself for one year in fifth grade. Um, (gasps) So seeing all these flutes really inspired me. Okay, so you might play this game purely for the fluting. Yes, i i want to I want to get back to my roots, my flutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I'm just kidding. No. I mean, I probably won't play it, but I'm excited for you, and I'm excited to see how it pans out. Yeah, and it's this was a good way to close out the direct, I think, because even people who aren't huge Xenoblade fans, I think it was a very nice trailer, and. They didn't really show the combat, so I think maybe there will be something interesting to be shown there as well, because Xenoblade has generally followed a pretty standard formula for its its three games so far, so this game might do something new. We'll see. I'm sure this will be a huge one around summertime as they gear up for a September release date. Woo! And that good was direct. the direct. It was really good. Like, that was a really... Directs are just good now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we haven't had a bad direct since COVID. I was about to say COVID ended. Um, (laughs) Because they took 2020 off. They did no directs in 2020. And then going into 2021, I think everybody kind of expected no directs or, like, very light directs. And they had a February, a June, and a September one last year that were fantastic. And then I went in being like, well, they have to be out of steam. There's no way they can keep making these directs that are fantastic. And then this direct was really good. It had something for everybody. It really did. It had I don't think anybody me. left it. It did. I don't think anybody left disappointed, which is really hard to do. And, you know, na- yeah, I will say, yeah, I'm ready for Breath of the Wild, too. Yeah, I think it made sense. They did specifically say that the focus was the first half of this year so 
you know, I kind of tempered my expectations on Breath of the Wild 2. I didn't think we'd see it, but I still, I mean, I wanted to see it. I know. Come on. Give me a crumb. A crumb. I think they might just do the same thing they did with Breath of the Wild, the first game, and have a complete blowout at E3 or again, mm-hmm. Summer Direct, since E3 might be dead, and just completely blow the lid off of it and show a whole lot and get us super excited because we've seen next to nothing at this point. The summer trailer was pretty good last year. It wasn't enough. No, it was kind of nothing. I watched it recently and I was like, that was great. But also, like, in retrospect, that showed very little. I so want more. We haven't even we don't even know what's called. It's called Stinky Poo Poo 2. The first one was called Breath of the Wild, though. It wasn't should we called cut, Stink. Should we, let's cut that. No, I'm leaving. No, we're not cutting that. It's not going anywhere, <laughs> Kelly. Sometimes you go for the lowest possible hanging fruit, and it's yeah. rotten. It's not good. <laughs> it sounds pretty rotten to me. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> what, that I just looked at you in a little bit of shame? Yeah, like even as I said it, I was like, this is so dumb. Yeah. Why am I saying this? <laughs> Think All before right. you speak. You gotta. You gotta. Kelly, n- next week we will be talking about a certain movie. No. What? <laughs> are we gonna go? S- are you telling me that you and I are going to spend our money and time to go see the Uncharted film? And then not talk about it on our podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are doing it, like, primarily for the podcast, right? Yeah. Can we write it off as a business expense? We don't make money <laughs> off the podcast, so no. <laughs> Darn it. Put it. Can we write it off as a regretted expense? Probably. Is that a thing that you can write off things you regret getting? Anything that has Mark Wahlberg in it has been regrettable for me. Except for Interstellar. Oh, wait. That was Matt Damon. (laughs) I always get them confused. Was Mark Wahlberg in Interstellar? I don't know. No, no, no. Not Interstellar. Martian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can I just be clear? Matt Damon is stuck on a planet in both of those movies. Matt Damon's in Interstellar? Yes. He's the part. Remember the part where they go to the planet? Because they're rescuing this guy. Oh, that that wave planet. Mm -hmm. And he's been trapped there. And then he betrays them yes spoilers, spoilers for, for, interstellar. for interstellar i really bet that people did not expect at hour one minute wait hour one minute 24 of podcast episode 37 of talking games with kelly and andrew to be spoiled of interstellar it's 36 it's 36 listen kelly listen. last week when we hit 35 i was looking at i was just staring at the number 35 and i was like wait you're, tra- what? you're trapped on that planet with Matt Damon and time is going faster for you. That's why. But it just feels like it, like 35 is a big number. 36 is a big number. That's a lot of episodes of talking games. We've been talking games. Like we're getting near 50. Yep. We're getting near 50. We're close to a year of this. I know. Oh my God. We started in May and it's February. I know it's coming. We'll hit a year before the release of Fire Emblem Three Hopes. That's true. 
but after the release of Nintendo Switch Sports. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. Anyway, we're seeing Uncharted. Yeah, we sound we're very excited about it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. I, I usually don't like to promise that we're doing things because then, you know, we have to do them or we'll just disappoint our audience. But I'm promising this one. We're seeing that. Holding probably. myself accountable. There's no reviews yet. This movie's out in a couple days and there's no reviews yet. Oh, hold on. I think there's like there's a couple fan previews that happened, right? Let's see. Oof. Oh no. What do you see? Um I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. Um there's some critics. Oof. Okay, there's some reviews now. <laughs> uh <laughs> It's <laughs> You know okay, what? maybe it'll be fun to watch because we'll laugh at how bad it is, maybe. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> I might play Horizon, but that's not a promise. And I feel like that would be a lot more f good than Uncharted's gonna be. Probably. Hey, the dinner we have before might be good. Maybe we'll just review the dinner we have before the movie. Honestly, probably. <laughs> It'd be really hard for it to be worse than Uncharted, I assume. Maybe we'll <laughs> like it, Kelly. Maybe it'll surprise us. Sure, yeah, sure. Maybe we'll love it a lot. Okay, yeah, sure. I'm just really trying to be optimistic here at the end of this podcast because I have a bad feeling about the movie we're seeing in a couple days. I appreciate your optimism. Yeah. Also, this recording is happening a little bit early, so if any crazy news happens between Monday and the release of our episode Tuesday that we don't report report on, sorry, sorry, sorry. Ho hopefully, Sony doesn't buy somebody huge tomorrow. There'll be a they huge Super Bowl commercial. For oh yeah, the Super Bowls for the in next a couple minutes. Nintendo console. Because you know that. All right, everybody. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh huh. Okay, everybody. Uh, I don't know what that was, but uh, we'll give Kelly a round of applause. Thank you. And more importantly, we'll see you next week. No, Kelly, you can't applaud yourself. I wasn't. That was everybody else. Everybody who? In the room? The audience that looks over your shoulder that we discussed last week? Yes. Is this a callback? Yes. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to yet another. A 36th episode of Talking Games. We'll be back next week for, you know, the movie reviews that you look for. I know how much people like movie reviews on their video game shows. So that'll be... Oh, that's the first one we've ever done, right? No, you've done one. I did a movie review? Yeah, the Resident Evil one. Oh, I didn't see that. I did Castlevania. No, I did the Resident Evil Netflix series. Oh, oh, not a movie, not a movie. No, not bad. bad. Not bad. Also bad. And I saw, I mean, I've, we've watched a few things, media, but we've never gone to see a movie that was in theaters. Maybe this is the first of many. Yeah. Probably not. Probably, <laughs> just, probably just this and Sonic. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.